When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. Welcome to the Clubhouse. Yes, g'day everyone and welcome to the Clubhouse. Great to have your company right across Australia. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with you as we talk golf from across the country and around the world. Mark Allen is here. Hey, hey Jules. Good to, to see, see you. you, mate. Yeah, yeah, How are yeah. you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm really looking forward to the Open. Oh, yes. I love it. Yes. You know, there's a lot of razzmatazz at the Masters. And the US Open, well, we don't know what's going to happen these days, where it goes and what happens. But the British Open, you can count on um, for it being so different. Mm. Uh, I, I just love that game. Yep. It's a different game over there. I, I love golf over in the British Isles. Good you can't, time slot for us to watch. Great time slot. Comes Prime on time. at 6 p.m. <laughs> and you can see the boys hitting off nice and early. Yes. Which is like, oh, all that sort of stuff really works well. But, you know, I, I used to go uh, when I was a professional. Mm. I used to go across every year and yeah. try and qualify for the Open. Now, yeah. I, I, I made it once. Yeah. So I was probably one out of ten. Yeah. But, you know, I used to go over there in the end just to play, get my dose of Lynx golf yeah. because the golf course is – anyway, I, I might I – might, We'll talk about that a little bit later on, I reckon. I might tell you about the – What year was it? 1999. So 1999. John Vanderveld. Mm. I played nine holes with him in the practice round. Yeah. It was the year that he went crazy yep. in the Barry Byrne um, – Anyway, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll give you a few stories from that week because yep. it was it was a ridiculous week of golf. Very anyway, good. plenty more to talk about this Very week. good. I like it. Uh, lots to get through. Jordan Spieth's coming back for the Australian yeah. Open. Oh, good fantastic. News. Good news. Good news. A win, a second, and a win. Yep. Is that right? He's yeah, one last year in the playoff. Um, yeah, fantastic. He, he, look, love he loves it down here. He's mm. going back to the Australian, and that last round in the Australian was the best mm. final round in Australian Open history to win. Uh, and that kicked his career off, I'm happy to say. We've had a few people like and that. And he's mentioned that yeah. numerous times. Yeah, he has. Uh, look, a lot of people have kicked their careers off. Bernard Langer won the Australian oh, Masters. Yeah. This was when he was using a putting technique that you could not, you know, there was no controversy there whatsoever. Or there was at the time. He was using a cack-handed grip. No one could believe it. Yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> using a left-hand blow. Yeah. That's just so standard these days. Um He's using that grip back then. He won and holding one on the twelfth. I remember it. It was amazing. Yeah. I remember looking at his clubs in the clubhouse at uh, in the pro shop at Huntingdale. He had brilliant ping wedges. No one had ever seen them before. <laughs> and the, the greens at Huntingdale back in the eighties, they were so rock hard. Uh, oh, our yeah. our, our um, uh, curator John Spencer. Uh, all the members called him Concrete Spencer because <laughs> the greens were concrete. And with the brilliant wedges, he was the only guy able to stop it yeah. on the greens. He won there, and he went on and won Augusta too. Yep. So he won a gold jacket and the green jacket, and he went on from there. Won and a couple of Masters, Bernard. There, everyone. Yeah, it was. Board. So yeah. Bernard, back in the day, and now Jordan Spieth as well. So looking forward to him coming back to the Australian. Yep.
Now, there's a few things I need to uh, get off my chest a little bit here. Oh, no, I like this. <laughs> I like this. Well, played on you, Tuesday. Yeah. Local comp, which yeah. I do every week. Yep. Upper Beak. At Beacon, Beacon Hills. Hills. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic track. Fantastic. Winter rules are out yeah. at the moment. It's superb. Oh, we've got the winter rules, haven't we? Oh, yeah. You? Been out for a couple of months. That is fantastic. Right. So give us an idea what they do in winter. Uh, so winter rules, obviously no carts on no the carts. fairways. Just yeah. got to drive up the side. Almost to the point now where you probably don't want them there at yeah, all. But good. I understand that. Some people probably can't play without them. Yeah. So that's good. But um, best preferred lies. Preferred Pick lies. Up, clean hand. your ball. Hand span. Genius. Boom. Anywhere. Well done to Beacon Hills. Perfect. So many. The, the, yeah, there are some sandbelt clubs that yeah. need to do it as well down yep. here in Melbourne. Yep. There, you know, sandbelt clubs in Sydney, sandbelt clubs in, you know, regional Australia. Yep. You know, there are sand courses that need that ruling as well just to give you the enjoyment that required. It doesn't doesn't do anything to your hand. I mean, people get they get so worried about it here in this country for some reason. Yep. But we play golf for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad to hear that Beacon Hills yeah. are doing and particularly that. Particularly when you hit a drive and you go down there and it's submerged an inch into oh. the ground or it's bounced out and it's got a big oh. chunk of mud on it. And you but, can just pick it up, clean it, put it back down. You, know the, other, you know the other thing? It looks after golf courses as well. How, how often, you know, the, the divots don't grow back as fast in winter. Yep. So how often do you find yourself in a big rotten divot gotta, in the middle of winter? You've got to hack it you out. you got to dig it out. <laughs> and you just like make this shot. divot even bigger. Yep. When the winter rule, if you're in a divot, you wash your ball, you move it a handspan, yep. you, you put on a nice tee. And this is the great thing. If you're on a committee, when you put the ball nice and high, you hardly take it. You don't have to take the divot. No. So it, you're actually, it's less it's divots. Saving the course. It's saving the course saving as the well. There are yeah. so many reasons for winter rules yep. in this country. It's not funny. They do it everywhere else. But for some reason, on committees, we have the highest ratio of sticklers. <laughs> For everything that's true and right in yeah. golf in this country, and it just it's 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 you know it hurts us in the end. Anyway, now, your uh, golf. 20, well, let's get back to your golf. After nine, I was flying. Twenty-one oh. points. I was having oh, yeah, a really? good day. Twenty-one oh, points. Oh, nice. And then uh, four, I was twenty-nine points going down fourteen. Hit a nice second shot in. Yeah. Had a par five. Had about a ten-foot putt for eagle. Yes. God, Jules, you're hitting the three, right. three putted it. Yeah, look, that can happen. <laughs> now, what was the reason for the three putt? Is it I because miss, I misread it? Misread it. Thought it was going to be a lot quicker. Okay, and so left it well short. Because you got two chances yeah. of actually two putting. You either, yeah. either hit the first one really close, or you hole a good second putt. Yeah. So, was it a combination of both? Did you did you roll the first one? Were you too aggressive, or no, I was well and well short, too weak on the right. first putt? And so then you still had another. Okay, so six foot this make. happens a lot because yeah. people they they get over that putt. And they, they start thinking, oh, don't hit it too far past when mm. you're going to attack it. And yeah. they just try and cozy it up. That's right. And again, you can't do that. No. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you feel like you're a good putter, but three putt, and this happens a lot, but you three putt a lot of times when you hit a par five in two, it's because you've changed your attitude. Yeah. You can't change your attitude. Yeah. If you played golf and you were good at putting your whole life, and then you change your attitude when you've got a 20-foot eagle putt, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> That's exactly well, what I you did. I had a really quick putt down the hill and yeah. because it's this, um, the 14th, it's very, very yeah. uh, steep green. And yeah. thought I had a really quick putt and just, I looked at it afterwards and went, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, wasn't that quick. Wasn't that quick. All right, that's good. Anyway, so I was 36 points going up 18. Playing off what? Six? Nine. Nine. nine, nine going out to nine. 36 nine. points going up the last. Wiped the last, blocked a five wood to, oh. to the right. Get back inside. How many points? The winning score at the end of Don't the day. Don't tell me it was 36 or 37. 37 or points. Oh, <laughs> no. no. I finished third or fourth on a ball, but gee, I was flat. 
Yeah, it's flat. It can flatten you, yeah. but yeah, I bet you're walking on air after nine holes. Oh, it's flatten. Yeah, good on you. Oh, it's good. <laughs> I, I love hearing it when you yeah. when you when you're doing that. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you just need somebody to talk to about it mm. instead of your idiot mates who laugh at you. And this My happens to everybody. Yeah, your dad would have laughed at you. <laughs> or your dad's probably call you. Your dad probably try to give you a lesson in between holes after three putt. And that's what dads do. It's too late for that, dads, yep. if you're out there. But yeah, just just having that chat about just trying to do everything the same. And yeah, you probably did. You were you a bit nervy? Did you get a few? Not were you not jittery, but were you? Well, did I you understand kind of, the importance of what you you're probably thinking forty three points or something? I was at that stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which would have been handy for the handicap. Yeah, down, but it's anyway. hard. It's hard to do. You know, you, you, you get these tips from professionals all over the world these days on social media or magazines or whatever, and the tips are designed for them playing tournament golf. Yep. Tournament golf and weekend golf with your mates. <laughs> you might as well be playing table tennis. It, it's so different, yep. you know. And I heard Jason Day speak about this not long ago. He said. Because he was criticised for his slow play. He's saying, we're not weekend golfers. Mm. We're not. We are professional golfers playing for millions and millions of dollars. Don't worry about the prize money. You know, if I get to number one in the world, that's a whole new realm of money that comes in. So every shot is important to us. And the attitudes that they take in, they just don't work for regular golf. That's right. For handicap Par, Stableford type weekend comp golf. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's got to be a little bit different. It I has agree. to be. I agree. It has to be. But in saying that, Jason, start playing in four and a half hours, though, will you? Get it in under five get, at some stage. Get it under five. Be good. Now, I have a couple of questions. And yeah. I want a little bit of an early masterclass. Yeah. Because I had, I had some issues around the course and I took some notes and thought, I'll ask Marco about this. Right, right let's go. Uphill and downhill lies. Yeah. Marco. Yeah. Now, obviously, the old adage is that if you've got a downhill lie, ball below your feet, yeah. it's going to go out to the right and to the face. Yes. And if the ball's above your feet, it's going to yes. hook Very or good. draw. Yeah, that's right. Now, I face the issue, Marco, where it's about 50-50. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Is that with the ball above your feet, ball below your feet, and or both. uphill and do- downhill lies? Both. So, okay. ball above my feet, below my feet. Yeah. And sometimes I hit a shot. Where, say the ball's below my feet and it will go sailing out to the right. Right-o. And then you allow for it on the next time yep. and it doesn't happen again. I, so I want to know how you play these shots. Okay. When the ball's above your feet, it pretty much goes uh, either – it should draw most of the time. Mm. It should draw. The one where it gets a little bit testy is when the ball's below your feet. Yep. Because the heel of the club, because, the, because you're – how can I say this? Because it's steeper. Yeah. Because, because there is a steeper angle, sometimes the line angle gets cursed a little bit, and that means that the uh, the heel is going to touch the ground first. Now, when you come down and the line angle doesn't match the slope, then you're cursing because uh, the heel catches the grass early yep. and then the toe turns over. So you've always been told when the ball's below your feet, the ball will go to the right. A lot of the time, if your lie angles aren't quite right, and so this is another reason. Now, I'll, t- I'll tell you a little secret here. Most pros, they don't get their lie angles perfect. They get them a little bit flat. And they do that because they hate the left shot so much. Mm. But when your lie angles are a little bit flat for you, and, and like I think most pros get your, their lie angles probably one degree flat from the absolute perfect marking, 
when we play, and my clubs are like that, when we play uh, with the ball below the feet, the heel is less likely to drag in first and drag the shots left. In saying that, I still, even when the club is, even when the ball is below my feet, I still grip down the club because yeah. when you grip down the club, it makes the it makes the angle flatter to the the new length of the club because mm-hmm. you're gripping down an inch. That makes it even steeper. But I do that to guarantee that the ball will go to the right, yep. will, will fade. Yeah. So that's where things. That's that's why I think a lot of people get confused. Because I, I see it all the time with my playing partners. They go, ball below the feet. Which way do I aim? I say, aim to the left. Yeah. Because the ball should go right. And they hit it. And you can go, you walk over there, divot. Yeah. And you can just see where the heel's <laughs> dug in and the ball's gone left and they get confused. Yeah. So let, let, let's, let's be clear on this. If, if, you've got an, if, you're, if the ball's above your feet or below your feet, yep. it's a good idea. And not just a little bit. If it's like noticeable yeah. and you've got a, you, it's, it, it's a different feeling. Grip down the club. Just do it on both. Yep. Because one, it'll it'll help with the uh, ball above the feet, it'll make the club a little bit flatter, mm-hmm. and it won't get the ball shooting left as much. But also, when the ball's below your feet, grip down the club. So if you the balls are, you know, and I'm talking four or five inches above your feet, yep, or four or five inches below All your right. feet, it's gripped down by an inch time. Yeah. Okay. And that will. The rules that we talk about, when the ball's above, it'll go left. When the ball's below, it'll go right. That'll help deal with the rules and get the lie angle out of the way. Yep. Because the lie angle. Now, if we're going downhill or uphill, downhill, you've got to lean with the slope. So the ball stays in the same spot. You've got to lean down a little bit. No, no, no. Is that what you mean? Or? Lean forward. So you've got to be perpendicular. Yep. So if I see. I'm, I'm talking now, if you've got to hitting it downhill. So the ball's on the same mm-hmm. plane as your feet, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. But we're going downhill now. Yep. You've got to lean forward. Yep. And they say that the ball sometimes goes out to the right or you, you, you push the ball. And that is, And the reason you push the ball is because you're downhill, it's very easy to get the hips through the ball. Mm-hmm. And that you see a lot of the time when people on downhill, they actually fall forward. Yep. It's because the whole body goes through. If the whole body goes through a little bit early, generally speaking, you get a block. Uh, this, now, so... Uphill is the interesting one. I, I I don't want you to go back because the ball just go the ball's just going to go too high. Yeah. So when the ball is, it's very confusing. We're going to have to do this. When you're downhill, lean forward. When you're uphill, don't lean back. Yeah. And try and hit a low shot. Okay. And also, when you when you're on the upslope, you've got and you know everyone will have their problems. When you're on the upslope, you actually got to really try and get the hips through. Mm. Make an effort. Have a few practice swings on the uphill path and you know, find a, a similar lie that you're about to have and really get through the shot and that will stop the ball from going too far left, hopefully. Uh, because you, even even in the pros, when you see, you see it at Augusta all the time, you know, with the hills there. Uh, even some of the best, well, the older players playing at Augusta, sometimes they don't get off their right side at all because it's just so hard to get your body through. Um, but they'll be trying. You can see them. I, I can see them trying in the practice swings. So the rules are a little bit different for each shot. And, you know, unless you've played on a golf course, you know, Beacon Hills, as you and I both know, is, is a really hilly course. Yes. You get side hills, uphill. You, yes. know, you get all kinds of lies at Beacon Hills. So you've got to, I don't know, experience it. But let's just be really quickly. Uh, one, one more time. If the ball's above your feet, grip down the club yep. and aim to the right. And this is all for right-handers. If, if you had the balls below your feet, grip down the club as well mm-hmm. and aim to the left. Yep. If the ball, if you've got a downhill lie, 
Lean forward. Lean forward a little bit. Lean forward, perpendicular. Feel like your head's gone past the ball a bit. And if you've got an uphill lie, don't lean back. Try and just be normal and try and hit the ball so it comes out a little bit lower Perfect. and get through the ball. So I think they're, they're the basic rules. That'll help me. Uh, yeah, but that that it's really interesting with the side hill lies with the lie angle and how that affects it. And that, yeah. that confuses people. So the side hill lies, no matter what, grip down an inch. Yep. The basic rule. And out. then the rules of those lies should apply. Very good. Right. Very good. Going to get to a break, Mark. I want to talk about Jordan Spieth being back in town after this, what it means for Australian golf. And who else we'd like to see? Well, I know out. downstairs here, Golf mm-hmm. Australia, two floors down, they're yes. desperate to get Jason Day yes. to, to the Australian in November. We'll talk about that. There's a few reasons why this November date doesn't work. We've been over it, but I'll go <laughs> well, through not, it again. Not again. I'll go through it again. <laughs> Come on up. That's next. In your have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Welcome back. It is The Clubhouse right across Australia. Mark Allen and Julian Bayard with you as we uh, talk all things golf. If you do miss any of the show, you can podcast it uh, on iTunes. Just search for The Clubhouse Golf Show and you can subscribe to the podcast and listen back each and every week. Now, Marco, great news from Golf Australia in the Australian Open during the week in that, uh, what is he, world number three? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, so- Jordan Spieth. Is coming back down under for the fourth consecutive year to play in this year's Australia. Magnificent. Um, now, look, because he's coming down to our tournament, of course, everything we say speaks volume of, volumes about the guy. You know, if he was playing the Japan Open every year, <laughs> we've got to say the same stuff as well. Yep. It speaks volumes about this kid. You know, when he speaks and the way he is, everything the kid does, he's like in, you know, Cameron Smith, uh, yep. kangaroo's captain. <laughs> as far as humans go, Cameron Smith, right up there. Yep, A1. Roger Federer, mm. as far as humans go, right up there. Jordan Spieth is my favourite American sports person. Really? Yeah, I just yeah, like great. the way he goes about things. Yep. And he's got a little bit of lad in him as well. Yeah. Just enough, yep. you know, just when he's hanging out with his mates. Yep. There's just enough lad in the, the sp- kid. Spring break videos. That's from right. Ricky. But he comes down <laughs> here and, and he speaks and he knows about all the names on our trophy. Yeah. You know, yep. it's just unreal. The Stone, you know, he calls it the Stonehaven Cup. What American does that? Yeah. What American knows? It. So he does, you know, little bits and pieces. Tiger used to do that too, you know. Yeah. Tiger used to come down. He used to Google everything. He knew Great everything. When he came out, he knew everything. He knew everything to know about, you know, when he played in the Australian name. He played. He also played at the Australian. Mm. I was playing right behind him, actually. I was oh, playing yeah. right behind him the first two rounds. We were on the same score. He only just made the cut, and I only just made the cut. <laughs> and I thought I was going to be playing with him. And that's another story. I wasn't playing with him. Didn't that quite happen? Didn't quite happen. <laughs> that's flattening. It was a couple of times like that. I was on the same score as him at... Blue Canyon once at the Johnny Walker Classic after two rounds. Same score. He only just made the cut. I only just made the cut. I wasn't playing with him. I was sure I was playing with him there. He shot 65-65 and beat Ernie Els in the playoff. And I shot 75-75 and came about last. <laughs> you little ripper. Anyway, that's another story. Oh, no. But Tiger, Tiger knew everything. Tiger Tiger knew everything when he, when he used to come down to Australia. You know, he was big on his you mm. know, Google away. He knew everything about every player. He'd, you know, there's a great story. He was playing with John Sendon once. Yeah. Out here. Oh, no, in, in America. So he apparently he used to Google all the players that he was playing with. Yeah. And John Sennons, you know, he's walking down the third hole. <laughs> and uh, Tiger comes up next to him and goes, so what's it like living so far away from Brisbane? And John Sennons <laughs> looked at him and said, what are you talking about? And he goes, apparently, you know, your hometown's a, an hour and a half away from Brisbane. It's, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. He goes, how do you know that? And he goes, oh, I just checked you out before and so, you know, he, he, he loves he, it. He does. He, yeah. he, everyone he played with, he just Googled them and had some. So that, I love all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. You know, Tiger's drifted off to another plane these days, but 
he was very similar to to Jordan as we see Jordan today. So him coming out and defending and you know just ticks every box for us down here. It makes yeah. it really easy for Golf Australia, yep. which is great. Yep. The bloke is not making sponsors. it easy. Yeah, the bloke is not not making it so easy for Golf Australia. Jason Day, we we want to see him down here. Yep. Now Adam Scott has shouldered the load has. for a he's, long time. And he's been brilliant and always comes back and always plays in yeah. all of the tournaments. Yeah. And look, one day he's not going. He's going to one day he's going to say no. Sorry, guys, I can't make. I it. can't make it this yeah. year. Which you is know, I've been enough. back the last twenty years in a row, and so <laughs> I'm really sorry, but this year I can't make it. So that's the year that you would hope Jason Day would make up the slack. Yeah. So look, fingers crossed. They're hopefully trying at the moment. Hopefully he's there. He only has to go. You know, he has to go to Sydney. He doesn't have to change flight. You know, he, he could do it. Yep. Jason could do it. Yeah. Uh, I think he's trying to toss up between the Australian PGA and the Australian Open. Now, I hope he plays in both. Yes. You know. That would be good. I've been a member of the Australian PGA since 1990, but I understand that the Australian Open's the one where, you know, get them, get everybody coming down and you're a chance to get more players playing in both. So fingers crossed Jason comes down and plays at some stage. Yes. Although, you know, the, what the Australian Open dates, it is around Thanksgiving. It is around the time, particularly where Jason lives up in Ohio, mm-hmm. it is the time where it's family time. That's right. You know, it's snowing outside. It's really cold. Come inside and... Let's hang out together. That's, that, that's what that's what happens in Northern America, uh-huh. you know, Canada, North American states, the whole lot. That's what that's what happens. So it's hard to pinch those guys out of family time, especially Jason. He's probably the you know <laughs> number one family man. He's, on the, tour. he's the number guy. He's the number one guy in that yep. family that's at the moment. Enough. So it's hard. Yeah. Well, but, if your plan comes to fruition, Marco, and we move all the tournaments to what February? Is yeah. That what you want them? Yeah. Hey, now look, Stephen Pitt works downstairs from where we are at the moment. Golf yes. Australia headquarters just. Couple mm-hmm. floors below. We better get Stephen up one day. I mean, he'd love to. to come up and have a chat. I've had a chat to him before, you know, probably six months ago about the yep. issue. And you know, he was neither here nor there. Yep. But I think now it's it's got to be sinking in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll I'll make a call and I'll see if we can get Stephen Pitt in. Try and get him in next week. We'll talk yeah. about the Australian Open and everything yeah, absolutely. that's coming up. It'll be yeah, great. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, look, I, I, by the way, those. The two courses up there, Royal Sydney, oh, yes. getting a total redo yep. um, and by one of the best course designers in the world too. So um, that's going to be interesting where that's going. Mm-hmm. But the Australian where it is, the setup there is so good. And American players come down and get off the plane. It kind of looks like Augusta, <laughs> you know, which w- would be great for the Americans. It's really nice. It's a, it's a nice change to get up there. You know, you want all the golf courses, you know. I know I know some course designers who go up to the Australian and go, yeah, it's a bit American. But it's a nice change, yeah. you know. You can't have all the courses looking like sandbell courses mm-hmm. around the country. We want a little bit of change. You That's go to it. Queensland, it's nice to play on those golf courses right. too, which are, you know, very different. They're like Jack Nicholas-type golf courses or Florida golf courses. It's great to have the variety in one eastern seaboard that we have here in this country. So I think it should be at the Australian for a long time until Royal Sydney gets up and going and, and, and away. And, you know, maybe the lakes, you know, the lakes are the stretch. The Australian uh-huh. feels like the home of the Australian Open to me. Yep. So I'm Raptors back there. Nice. Like it. Now, Marco, last week you uh, were very, very passionate about Bernard Langer. Barnhard Langer. Yes, I was. anchored putting. Yeah, I was. A and lot of people, not just me. Mm. Hey, mate, well, I've been on it for a long time. Yep. But uh, Brendel Chambly, who is... The Golf Channel anchor, yes. he's the go-to guy and, and probably the guy who causes the most waves. He's jumped on board in the last month or so. He has. So there's a few. Yeah, so what are you, what are you well, trying to I'm, say? I'm saying, I've, your comments last week went around the world. 
your comments yeah. on Langer and yeah. the fact that he was, quote, cheating, went around the world. Yeah. Well. And your comments got picked up by several news outlets. Yeah. And I saw something on Facebook during the week. Facebook. Facebook. Now, I'm not, I don't, I'm don't not often on, refer to social media. I'm not on Facebook. Yep. But one of the articles in the comments section, yeah. a bloke by the name of Gene Smith commented. I know that name. Why do I know that name? This is what he said. Who the hell is Mark Allen and what makes him an expert? Who's, or, G- who's Gene Smith before? Go on. Sorry. Go on. You read it. Who the hell is Mark Allen and what makes him an expert? All you haters out there are so clueless. If you don't know what you're talking about, just keep quiet. You only show your ignorance when you make up comments and can't back up. And Brandel, invite me into your show one day and we can have an honest discussion about this. Who am I? That's who you asked. Yeah. I'm the tournament director of the PGA Tour champions and can tell you that Langer and McCarran do not anchor. Oh. <laughs> what really pisses me off is that you idiots think we are afraid to call a penalty. Walk in my shoes one day, let alone the 47 oh, years mate. I've been doing this, and maybe you'll have a clue. Did you say he's the guy, he runs the he's champions tour? He's the tournament tour. director of the PGA Tour champions. Well, the guy. He's just had a crack at you on Facebook. He's a toothless tiger. What's going on there? What's his name again? Gene Smith. Oh, Gino, you are doing a shocking job, Gino. Oh. Seriously. Jesus. I mean, have, see, this is, what, this is why people... I mean, people like this, they can't be trusted. They, they, they cannot. Because we're, he would have seen what you and I have seen. And there is no question. There's no question that McCarran, particularly McCarran, McCarran's the one that on tour, that's the one that's really in question. Bernard Langer picks and chooses yep. when he decides to put his thumb mm-hmm. really close to his sternum, yep. or basically on his sternum. <sighs> Yeah, you know, I've, I've told you this before. You know when Murley was chucking, chucking. Yeah. You know what the uh, the cricket the cricket uh, association, the BCCI, they they tested him out. Yeah. They said, all right, Murley, come on down. We're going to put all the probes and yep. get you on the slow mo, super slow mo cameras, and they do it. And they go, no, no, no this action's fine. Mm. His arm doesn't bend more than fifteen degrees. Yep. And they go, you're in the clear. But when he bowls in test matches and needs the ball to do a little bit of extra he something, gives it a little bit more. Well, it's clear that his elbow bends more than fifteen degrees. Yes. Basically, the same thing is happening here. When they say that, when the players say that they've been working with the officials, they're not working with the officials during a round of golf. They work with the officials on the practice green before, and they go, mm-hmm. "Am I allowed to putt like this?" And they go, "Yeah, tick." Absolutely, you're allowed to putt like that. What about you, Bernard? How do you putt? Well, I putt like this. This is what this is my well, I do it this way. All right, yeah, that then, looks no, we right. tick that off. No yep. worries. So they tick it off on the practice screen. I mean, what's his name again? Gene what? Uh, Gene Smith. Gene wasn't? Smith. Gene yep. Smith. Tournament director, PGA Tour champion. Yeah, you're choosing, you're picking and choosing when you're blinded, Gino. I mean, do what you are supposed to do and protect the field. Don't protect one or two players on the putting green and tick them off. Your job as the number one official on the Champions Tour is to protect the field. You're doing a rotten job. End of story. This is the clubhouse. We can talk about the Open after this. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the clubhouse. Welcome back. It is the clubhouse right around the country. Julian Vallard is my name. Mark Allen is here as well as we talk all things golf. Uh, open next week. Mm-hmm. How Can't exciting. wait. Royal Birkdale. We love it. It's, it's a pretty good venue. Yeah? Yeah. Happy with it? Yeah. Oh, look, I've only, I walked, 
I walked nine holes of it once uh, when I missed qualifying there a million years ago <laughs> and had a bit of a look around. It's, it's Look, it's one of those golf courses that, to me, it was same-ish. Yeah. I couldn't pick one hole. You know, I, can't, okay. I still can't, can't remember, remember the holes. The holes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where, you know, Carnoustie, because I played it in 99. I mean, I can remember all the holes there. You go to Turnbury, I, I can remember a lot of holes from the walk there. Muirfield is my favourite. Mm-hmm. Never played it. I've only had a look around. That's my favourite. It's, 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 it's almost my favourite golf course in the world, and I've never played it. Yeah. So, oh, Muirfield, yeah, <laughs> uh, Turnbury, St Andrews, you know, all these golf courses that, that – that, that I can remember were fantastic. But Royal Birkdale's one of those golf courses, and Finchie will probably hate this because he won there in 91, but I don't know. I, I couldn't remember the holes. I mean, yeah. it, it might have been because I had a big night the night before, perhaps. I don't know Could why. Be. Could be. I don't know why. But it's one of those <laughs> golf courses. Look, it's, it's held in very high regard, clearly. But um, I don't know. Just the, the, the golf that they play here, and I, I always talk about the, um, the bounce being honest, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why Lynx Golf is so good. It's because the golf courses are designed and played on exactly the same grass. The tee grass is exactly the same as the fairway grass. The fairway grass is the fringe grass, and the fringe grass is the green grass. And believe it or not, the same grass that's on the greens, that's our beautiful fescue rough that's it. that you see uh, <laughs> all the way around the place. Yes. So because there's the same grass everywhere, and all there really is is just a different level cut, the ball bounces the same wherever you go. So your 7-9, if you land it on the green... It'll probably run about eight meters, mm-hmm. and the seven iron. If you landed on the fringe before the green, you'll probably go about seven meters. So yep. pretty much the same. If you landed on the fairway, it might only go six. But basically, the same thing will happen with every single bounce, and that's the beauty and the greatest thing about Lynx course or Lynx golf is just fantastic. Are we going to see blokes putting from? 30, 40 metres off the green? Uh, if the fringes are cut right, they will, yeah. yeah. If the fringes are cut and, you know, you don't see a bunker in the way, yeah, I think you will see a little bit of that. It's just it's a better way to do it. At least, you know, most pros, they're always chipping with a lob wedge these days in America, a lob wedge or a 54. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll see a lot more pros chipping with pitching wedges and nine irons because they can trust the bounce. Yep. They can trust the bounce if it doesn't. And the reason, the reason that is, I mean, if you and I – if you're if if we if we've got a forty meter wall over there a wall, and we're trying to roll a golf ball, get it close to the wall, you're not going to lob it up in the air, are you? No. And try and get you, you. It doesn't matter where you are, you're going to roll it along the ground That's because right. it's just an easier way to judge distance. So the same factors come in over there in America when you're on that rye grass, you've got to lob it up in the air to land it on the green so it rolls out. But in Great Britain and on every Lynx golf course, the true ones. You can just roll it. Yeah. And so the same thing will happen. So you'll see a lot of people just putting. You'll see a lot of people chipping with eight irons and seven yes. irons. Um, but you won't see the lob wedge except for the Americans who are no good at the other Punch one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're not much good at it. But the good <laughs> Americans, no, they get it straight away. Yeah. Yeah, they get it straight away. Okay. Um, tell you, that, that 99 Open? Yeah. I mean, What's it, it like, Marco, the Open? What's it like playing in it? Well... Look that that year, I'd had a rotten year. Yeah. I'd had a rotten, well, I had a rotten couple of years leading up to it. I, I finished second in the West Australian Open in '99, and that gave me enough money to go across again and try and qualify. And I got over there, and I was playing terrible in Canada. I played a couple of tournaments in Canada, and I got I remember getting on the plane, thinking, "Well, this, you know, what's going to happen? Am I just going to roll over there?" And something got in my head, and I started thinking about, you know, how I was going to approach each shot. And I got to the qualifying. At uh, a golf course called Barry, mm-hmm. just Barry, yeah, Barry. Uh, it's a little, <laughs> it's a, a little, course, it's a little place. 
next door to Carnoustie. That's why they call it the Barry Burn. Oh, it that's... goes right across the front of the of the eighteenth uh, green. And um, all right, so I'll recharge the batteries on the flight over, and I've got a new way of thinking. I knock it on the first hole, about twenty foot three putt. I think, oh, that's it. Mm. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I shot sixty nine somehow. Well, I know how. I had twenty two putts. Um, and then the next star did the same sort of thing, 23 putts and shot 69s. Well, I ended up leading the qualifying, leading the qualifying with two other blokes, Michael Campbell. Yes. Who went on to win a US Open. Um, and a little amateur kid called Luke Donald who ended up being the number one player in the world. Not a bad pair. Yeah. Well, so, so got my little badge and um, we took off to Carnoustie and I got my tea time, 25 past four in the afternoon. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> How good is it? Twenty-five past 25 four tea past time. Four? You don't see that anywhere here unless it's daylight saving. You're going for a twenty-dollar round after work. Well, I went and saw a movie. <laughs> I went and saw a movie before I hit off. Because I mean, you, just, you literally you don't know what to do. I still got to the golf course at you know twelve thirty. Yeah. You would have done I, some practice I still got putting. four hours to go. <laughs> so you know, you end up having lunch and you walk around anyway. It's a it's a whole different story. But um, I remember getting there on Tuesday. Because the qualifying was Sunday, Monday. I remember getting there on Tuesday, and I turned up to the driving range, and it was just the who's who. You know, you had Seve, Woosner, oh, yeah. Feldo, Ernie Els, Greg Norton. I mean, it was just everybody. Yeah. You, I mean, you couldn't, you, you just couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I, I remember smiling through Tuesday and Wednesday. I played a practice round with Steve Allen. Oh, yeah. Just recently, you know, was, you were playing well in the stuff. Jeff Ogilvy and Craig Spence. So the four of us played together. Um, that was great fun. I remember, I really remember looking back, remembering that that was just really cool that all the Australians played together and looked out for each other. Yep. And, you know, they came over and said, well done, Mark, you, you know, you qualified. And then Craig Spence organized um, Jeff Ogilvie to come down and play. Yep. Uh, so, that, look, that, that was fantastic. Um, and I can remember just being on the first tee where old Ivo um, on the tee, you know, with his funny voice yep. and said my name in the funny voice. And I reckon when he said my name in the funny voice, uh, my knees went weak. Really? Almost to jelly. <laughs> I got over it. the balls. I threw wood and I just, I don't know how I even made contact, but I did down the right. And I remember I, was, I shot uh, 79, which was eight over par. Yeah. And I thought that was like a really bad score. The day was a reasonable day and I was inside the cut line because the course that week was ridiculous. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. It was dry. Um, the rough was up and you couldn't actually stop the ball. You couldn't actually stop the ball. That, that was that was the hard bit. Yep. You couldn't stop the ball. So you'd have a run out. You'd have a dog leg to the left. And the run out is how far you've got to the, yeah. to the long rough. I'd have a 260-yard run out. And I was hitting five iron off the tee. <laughs> because you couldn't stop the ball. You know, I'm trying to stop the ball at the 220-yard mark. So it stays in the fairway. You know, it was just madness. It was madness for the week. Um, eight over got you into a playoff. Yep. And the weather wasn't that bad. And I think the cut. That year, I missed the cut. Uh, I think the cut that year was something like 12 or 13 over wow. par. And the weather was decent. Yeah. So the only open I ever qualified in, <laughs> it was the most Worst ridiculous setup ever. in the history oh, no. of the game. Yep. Anyway. Disaster. I've still got the badge at home. Yep. And, you know. No one can take that away from you, mate. It's nice. It's nice. I'm glad I got, I'm, I'm glad I got the play in one major. Yep. Nice. One major. That'll it was do. good. That'll do. Better than yeah. the rest of us, Marco. Better than the rest. Uh, quick tip for next week before we get to a break. Um, I'll give you my tip. 
Uh, let me just have a quick look at what's right. going on. Uh, I'll give you a quick tip. Your tip and masterclass. Come still on, to this. come. Yep. Stick around. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, it's that time of the week. We get a free golf lesson from Mark Allen. It is his masterclass. Don't forget, you can podcast the show on iTunes every week. Just search for the clubhouse on iTunes. Marco, quick tip before quick your tip. masterclass for the Open. All right, this is there's a writer on this tip. Oh. If Johnny Rahm won, he won the Irish Open last week and did it yeah. unbelievably well, and there was a bit of controversy there with the ball being marked not quite in the right spot, mm. but apparently that's okay these days. <laughs> um, after Lexi Thompson, that's a whole – we, we better talk about that next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as long as he doesn't win the Scottish Open, because you can't win three in a row, yeah. I think he'll win at Royal Birkdale. I just love the shut golf club. I love the shut face. And the, he's, the ball starts out low with Johnny Rahm. I think he's just in such, such great form. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, I've just, I think he puts better on this speed of green as well. Okay. That's in the back of my mind. So John Rahm at the moment is my tip. Unless he wins the Scottish Open, he can't win three in a row. Yep. Cannot possibly win three in a row. All right, this I'm week. Back in my man Ricky Fowler, in, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. He plays well. He plays well in British Opens, mate. That's not. That's a good tip. He's been playing reasonable too, hasn't he? Mm. Been playing reasonable, and I love the fact that the Scottish. I love the fact he's over here at the Scottish Open too. I love the fact that he's doing that. Um, Wind. So we're going to see some wind. Yes. Coming up this week, last week, and this week as well. Um, I just want to tell you the story. Peter Thompson. I was. I was. Came down to watch uh, practice around a Victoria Golf Club where he's got a statue. If you ever go yes. to Victoria Golf Club, go and get your picture taken next to a five-time <laughs> British Open champions statue at Victoria Golf Club. Um, so he's been a member there for you know his whole life, and he was out watching myself and this Queensland kid playing. I forget who it was, uh, but we're on the 16th hole. It's a par three, and it was into a six-club wind, and I'm just thrashing a three-iron to get it up the hill. Peter Thompson looked at me, and I knew Pete. He came and said, what are you doing, Mark? I said, what do you mean? I said, I don't want to get, I don't want to hit my three wood up in the air. So, you know, I was trying to hit this three iron as low as I could. He goes, you don't have to hit it like that. He said, he, what he did is he teed it up. He said, watch this. He teed it up. Even back then, Peter Thompson used, he teed it up so you don't hit the ball at the bottom of the club. Yep. He teed it up and he purposely tried to hit the ball a little bit on top of the club. Now, that's something that, you know, superstars could do, but Pete could do it. So he, he just hit this little one. And his three iron, my three iron, he yeah. just grabbed it, got to the front of the green. It, my bashed three iron, only a tiny bit past his, yeah. and I bashed it, and he just glided this thing up. He said, Mark, it's not about trajectory. It is not about how hard the ball takes off. It's about spin. He said, if you can reduce the spin into the wind, that's all you got to do. He said, so you hitting it as hard as you possibly can and teeing it as low as you possibly can, he said, it doesn't work. Mm. You put more spin on the ball that way. Tee it up. Don't hit it as hard. You'll get less spin. And the ball just drifts through the wind. That from a five-time British Open champ. Well, if you're ever going to get a tip, so probably not a bad one. I'm sure he didn't come up with this term, but into the breeze, swing with ease. Pretty simple. Love it. But away we go. <laughs> Very good. But we'll have a full wrap of... Uh, well, British, we'll be halfway well, through the Well, we'll be halfway week. through the Open next yes, week. next yeah. week. But we'll see what's going on. That's okay. Hopefully an Aussie wins. That's it. Uh, by the way, Adam Scott, I'm not sure whether you saw him swinging this week. Adam Scott has always had a great swing. He's swinging it even better mm. this week. I've, he's taken it to a, another level <laughs> of unbelievable swing. I saw his swing off the first tee on, must have been round one, and it was perfect. Yep. Anyway, so Let's fingers crossed. That. Fingers right, crossed. Stick around. We'll uh, see you next week. See you next week, buddy. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au.
T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.